which is a very long season. I'm still enjoying it. I hope you are at home too. How are you feeling about it now? Uh, it's long, <laughs> but it's all different components and there's a lot to it, so it is very needed. I think it was just long. a very big uh, subject and yeah. I, I knew there was a lot to it, but I just didn't realise how long it was going to take us to purvey that information. Yes. Um, so we've still got a couple more after this. Hopefully you're kind of enjoying it and getting into it. I definitely have been. Mm -hmm. um, I really like this stuff though. It's very <laughs> interesting to me. Um, okay, so today um, I want to talk about um, the actual kind of witch hunters that were going around and doing all this fucked up shit to people. Um, and one in particular because he... <coughs> is the one who, as far as I'm aware, has the most documentation on him as a person. Um, and he was just a bit of a dick. So, um, so in, in he was uh, British, obviously. They always are the worst ones. <laughs> so, um, this was, who we're going to talk about, is uh, the self-named witch hunter general, Matthew Hopkins. He was an impoverished lawyer with a strong puritanical background and he saw it as his mission to destroy anything to do with the works of the devil, or so he said. His witch-finding career began apparently uh, when believing there were several witches practicing the witchcraft close to his home, he apparently heard various women discussing their meetings with the devil in March 1644 in Manningtree in the UK. Can I just cut you off for a second? Yeah. Do you say impoverished? Yes. Does that mean like poor? Yes. So he's a poor lawyer. So he's a mm -hmm. poor guy who got some kind of like power. Yes. So he decided to. So take it sounds to me down. like he wasn't getting any business. He had no money. He was a poor lawyer. And then he, through multiple reasons, it could have just been because he wanted to swing his cock around and give himself some power yeah. that he saw an easy in by. Yeah, by hunting witches, Makes basically. Sense. Yeah. Um, or also he just saw a way to make money and he didn't really care who he threw under the bus. He was a yeah. lawyer, let's not forget that. Yeah. I'm not sure which thing as is worse. As soon as you say poor lawyer, I'm like, those don't, that doesn't add up. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that adds up to trouble. Yes, you were on that right away. <laughs> so, of the 23 women accused of witchcraft in these particular trials, four were said to have died in prison with 19 later convicted and hanged. His career uh, lasted until he retired in 1647. He and his associates were responsible for more people being hanged of witchcraft in their t like three, four year time period he was the witch hunter general than in the previous 100 years. Wow. And they were solely responsible for the increase in witch trials during those years that they were operating. He's believed to have been pretty much personally responsible for the execution of over 100 
accused witches between yeah. the years of 1644 and 1646. So only two years, really. He was actually going around so, like, doing this. This, this. If you think about this, that was once a week. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It was 52 weeks in a year. He was literally responsible for one person dying of being accused as a witch a week for yeah. two years. For two years, he was swinging his dick around as the witch hunter general. That's messed up. Yeah. So, following the earlier Lancaster witch trials uh, of 1612 to 1634, the physician to the king, Charles I of England, had been ordered to examine four women accused from this trial and that became um and then that's where we got the witch's mark being kind of allowed as evidence in trials okay which is kind of a little side note but permanent to remember as we go into the career of the absolute scum mr hopkins mm -hmm. and so the work of john hopkins and his assistant john stern who is variously known as both the witch hunter and witch pricker and also in some accounts that i've read just as a side note, they say that John Stern was actually the uh, uh, the main guy and Hopkins was his assistant, but then others swap it around, so I'm not quite sure. So anyway, their work was not necessarily to prove any of the accused had committed acts of maleficum or like harm with magic, to, but to actually to prove that they've made a deal with the devil. Prior to this point, any malicious acts on the part of witches were treated exactly the same as those of other criminals. Like, if you stabbed someone, then, like, witchcraft was seen as, like, the same thing, because you're causing harm by magic. Until it was seen that, according to the then-current beliefs about the structure of witchcraft, that they owed their powers to a deliberate act of their choosing. I.e., women could not have this power, so they must be getting it from somewhere else. So they must be choosing to make a deal with the devil to be given that power. These deals with the devil made witches heretics, which made them sinners, which by a larger society was actually seen as the worst of their crimes. This then in turn made the crime of witchcraft not the same as other crimes, and it was said to be a crime so bad that it superseded the normal rules of court. It's basically like they were trying the devil in court, or so they apparently saw it, as getting a confession from a human because the devil himself would never confess. So this kind of led to them getting away with the absolute fuckery they were getting away with in these witch cars because, like, it was kind of, like, unprecedented. Like, they were just doing all this illegal shit. Mm -hmm. So the witch hunts undertaken by Stern and Hopkins mainly took place in East Anglia in the counties of Suffolk, Essex, Norfolk, Cambridgeshire, Huntingdonshire, which I didn't even know was a real shire, <laughs> Shire. Sound like I'm in Lord of the Rings. A real uh, county. Mm -hmm. uh, with a few counties of uh in the counties of North Northamptonshire and Bedfordshire. Now Bedfordshire is the next county along from where I grew up, so I could very well have been tried for a witch at these times. <laughs> um one of the techniques Hopkins and his associates used uh to find witches or to prove people witches was pricking. Now it was a common belief held that a witch could be found through the process of pricking their skin with needles, pins, and bodkins, which were dagger-like instruments for, draw or for drawing ribbons through hems or punching holes in cloth. So, what they thought, as we've mentioned before in this podcast, is that all witches had a witch's mark, which was given to them, you know, during their deal with the devil, and it was usually seen as like a nipple for the devil to drink blood from, or their familiars to 
sakor on. Now, so it was believed that the witches could not feel pain or bleed when pricked on that mark. The mark alone was not enough to convict a person of being a witch. You couldn't just be like, that person's got a weird birthmark, they're a witch. Um, but it did add to the evidence. So you could say that and then accuse them of other stuff and you could potentially get someone fucking burned for being a witch. Mm-hmm. Pricking was a common practice throughout Europe. Hopkins would take a team of women prickers with him on his hunt. So it wasn't just men who were doing this shit to these people. They were roping women into it as well. Um, now, what was very fucked up is that Hopkins and the witch hunters were actually also... Well, this isn't what is the only thing that's fucked up. All of it's fucked. And on top of all this shit that they're doing and these terrible abuses of people, they're charging for their services. They're going to poor towns, saying they'll rid them of witches. Now, assuming these towns are accusing people of witches, a lot of that could be to do with the fact that they've suffered like recent dis- bouts of disease mm-hmm. or droughts or anything like that. So you're literally just taking advantage of people who've been broken by outside circumstances and have no other way of trying to, to prove why this has happened to them than magic. Yeah. So... He would charge to weed out witches. Hopkins said these charges were only to maintain him and his horses, his uh, assistant, and his trained group of prickers. But what he was charging, these poor-ass rural towns, was the modern-day equivalent of £3,800 a town plus travel expenses. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a Canadian listener, he was charging them... About $7,500 plus travel expenses per town. Wow, that's a lot. Yes. So what the fucking hell were those horses eating? Gold straw? Right. Right? What were these prickers made from? Fucking solid gold, solid silver needles. (laughs) So, with regards to pricking and other practices, people were fucking making shit up. (laughs) Um, Good witch hunters, um, people wanted to hire... So they were tricking people, like, to say that they were weeding out witches so they could get more money, so their name would get known, you know, and they'd be recommended because they found ten witches in this town. Mm -hmm. So they were just, like, fucking fraudsters. And they were using um, prickers with hollow wooden handles and retractable pointers so it would give the appearance of an accused witch's flesh being penetrated to the hilt without a mark, blood, or pain. I'd just scream as soon as anyone came near me with a pricker to prove I was innocent. Um, Other specifically designed needles were found uh, with a sharp end and a blunt end. So they would just, with sleight of hand, like flick it around and dab it into their skin when they wanted it to feel pain. And then, you know, when they wanted it to seem like it was the devil's mark, they would use the blunt end. Mm. I would know where every single mark on my body was and I would scream as soon as anything went near it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's at least might help. Um, Hopkins himself would also uh, cut the arm of the accused with a blunt knife and if she didn't bleed, then he'd be like, ah, witch, witch, not bleeding, but he's just stabbing her with a blunted knife. Jesus. I know why no one was like, let me see that knife for a second. Oh. You know what I mean? Maybe they were like, no, he'll cut me with it. Oh, of course. Yeah, you were fear-mongering, wanna... weren't it? Yeah. No one's going to stand up to it because yeah. they're like, well, no, because as soon as I stand up to it, I'll get accused. Yes. 
So once they had a suspected witch, they needed to get a confession and they resorted to some very fucked up torture methods. These included sleep deprivation, after, often by a, either waking the witch or walking the witch, sometimes forcing them to just walk up and down a small room for hours and hours on end and not letting them sleep until they started to hallucinate, which more than likely led to a lot of the more crazy confessions because these people haven't eaten, they're fucking knackered, they're old ladies a lot of them yeah. and you're just forcing them to walk up and down until they just are so tired that they don't know what's going on mm-hmm. these women were also subjected to horrendous searches when the accuser was looking for the witch's mark reports have been made that the mark of the mark being found inside throats or in the genitals after the witch was stripped naked so they're like shoving their hand down your throat and fucking searching your genitals for the witch's mark if they can't find anything on the outside of the body. Terrible. Yeah. And, of course, one of the techniques that most people have at least heard of is witch swimming or dunking. Have you heard of these? Mm-mm. So this is where you would throw the suspected witch into a river bound up in rope or a pond. Uh, if she floated, she was guilty, and if she sank, she was innocent. Since witches were believed to have been spurned uh, to have spurned the sacrament of baptism it was what their wa- the water would reject their body and prevent them submerging. So Isn't this like Monty Python? Yeah, that is where it comes from. That is a real practice. And the dunking was done with... So swimming could be done by just lobbing them in and they would just have a rope tied around them and they would drag them out if they sunk. But, but it was just fucked because loads of them just drowned because they would just leave them to sink underwater, which, you know... Yeah. And sometimes they would do, they would actually, I'm assuming this is in places where they had loads of witches, they would have a Duncan chair built, and it would just be a chair on the end of like a rope on this wooden like seesaw thing, and they would just dunk them in and hold them underwater, basically. I don't know how you're supposed to prove if someone floats or sinks if they're tied to a fucking chair. Yeah. He's <laughs> like... literally just going to kill them either way. Mm-hmm. So, don't yeah. what most women float anyways? I don't know. Well, you, you're either going to drown or you're not going to drown and then you're going to be burned at a stake. So you can't really win. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> just, just the most horrendous thing. I was obsessed with that when I was a kid. When I learned about that when I was a kid, I was like, that is like, you know those things that just stay with you? I was yeah. just like, that was one of the most horrendous things I've ever heard. And also remember thinking, how stupid are these adults that they think that that, that, that is a good way to find out if someone's a witch or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then you had all these mad fucking techniques where that were used um, to create evidence of the accused guilt. So you're going to have all of these shit going on where they're finding out if they're a witch and they're trying to get confessions out of them. But then you need evidence. So one of the ways you could apparently get this was the touch test. Now, this involved bringing in the accused witch when an apparent victim of their magic was undergoing fits caused by their maleficarum or maleficum. So, so a lot of times during witch trials, the people who accused them would, be, would be pretend or would be having fits for whatever reason. Maybe just they were like, uh, because of all the, you know, anxiety or whatever, they'd be having like seizures and that, mm-hmm. or they'd be pretending to have seizures. Yeah. To prove that the witch was like cursing them. Mm. And then the witch would be brought into the court or whatever and made to lay hands on them. And then if their fits stopped, that was seen as evidence of her guilt. 
So if you if she cured them basically by touching them, it showed that you were the witch and you were the witch who put the curse on them. Mm. So I'm feeling like a lot of people were pretending because if you were actually having a fit, you're obviously not going to be able to stop when someone puts their hand on you. Exactly. So in the rare instance that someone else has said, oh, you're having fits because of a witch, or maybe they would just be like, well, she could have been involved because it would have been a witch's sabbat and like she's just not the one who put the actual curse on this person. I feel mm. like you can't win once it's at this point in the trial, right? No, definitely not. No. So medieval wisdom said that witches were also incapable of speaking scripture out loud. So oftentimes accused witches were forced to recite uh, parts of the Bible, quite often the Lord's Prayer, without making mistakes or omissions. Now, (laughs) a lot of people at this time couldn't fucking read. So you're asking uh, a woman who is probably... Or, like, you know, 80% going to be illiterate to read something. Then also nervous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So any errors was proof that she was in league with the de- de- devil. Um, and it was used a lot. And it was it was seen as hard evidence. Which is just, just the most fucked up, like, logic. All of this. All of this is like someone's just been like... Gonna wake up wherever I want, and everyone's gonna die. Yeah. I'm gonna take it fucking evidence from children who just are pissed off because someone did something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and then you had witch charging. This involved forcing the accused witch to verbally order the devil to let the possessed victim, you know, the one who's having their fits or whatever, uh, to come out of their fit or trance. Other people would also the utter utter the words to act as a control. Judges would then gauge whether the statement had any effects on the victim's condition. So I guess that's them trying to look like they're being fair and they're bringing in other people. Mm-hmm. And then the witch, like obviously the person who's pretending to have the fit is going to just stop moving when the person they want to get accused mm-hmm. or whatever. For whatever reason, maybe they want their land, who knows. Maybe they've just been told to. Maybe they're scared for themselves. Maybe someone's like, "If you don't accuse this person, I'm going to accuse you." I don't. I don't think that would be a nice time to live in those no. towns. You, <laughs> no, you wouldn't trust your family or your, your friends. friends, your children. Like everyone yeah. is like accusing each other because they're terrified. And then, like, it's not like even like lots of these people aren't just accusing people willy nilly because they think it's fun or they want something. A lot of them are just being tortured until they give up a certain amount of names. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, want their pain to stop. So they're just like, I'm just going to fucking name the first like eight people that come into my head because I can't deal with this anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's how these things continued and became these giant fucking behemoth problems. Mm-hmm. Because they were just expecting that you had to have, you must give up names and then we must then condemn those people. Yeah. It's horrendous. Um, so, and then obviously once you're deemed to be found guilty, you're, uh, put in prison for life if you're lucky, and I put that in air quotes, but mostly you're just burned or hung. Now, the reason for burning was one of the most common things is just because it was thought to be one of the most painful ways to die, and they wanted to cause the most suffering to these poor women as possible. Terrible. It's horrendous. So... Yeah, so Hopkins... This was just a good old depressing episode. Oh, it is, but I 
I know, I was just reading this, like, this is horrible. But I want people to know what these people were having done to him because it was so extreme and I don't think you should skate over it. Do you know what I mean? Like, these yeah. people, these horrendous people existed and they were doing this fucked up shit. And, like, they need to be even posthumously held accountable and we need to understand what happened then so nothing like that can happen again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I have total faith that it will happen again. I know. I don't have any faith in humanity not doing horrendous things to each other. Yeah. I I find it funny that like people are like, but that would never happen. North Korea. Well, also they had the... <laughs> Is it still currently happening? Yes. What about the wave? The wave was that experiment that they made a movie about. And it was like a, in California, I think, California University, an anarchy class or whatever. And the professor of the class decided to do an experiment with his own pupils where he asked them if they thought the Nazis could ever happen again. Oh, and they, yeah, those kinds of experiments happen all the time. And when you find out that people, like, there's one that happened, in, I think, in the 70s. And, like, they did, like, cellmates versus, like, the yes, guards. the Milgram expert. No, wait, Milgram is the other one. That one's the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yes, yeah, so that one ended up just being horrendous, and they were just treating, like, their classmates and, like, friends and people that they know just horrendously. Yes, but that's... And, like, and, like, let them do it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just painful. But that's what happened with the, the wave. This is a class of just, this is just a class of university kids. And he made, the, he was like, do you think the Nazis can happen again? They all said no. He said, okay, we're going to do an experiment. He was like, we're going to make a little secret, like, salute to each other. We're going to have a group. We're going to have a few rules. We're going to wear a uniform of sorts. Yeah. And they ended up, like, graffitiing loads of the town and all this fucked up shit happened. And he ended up getting fired for even doing it but he proved that obviously humans will just make the same mistakes over and over again so the thing that's kind of interesting though is that with social media mm -hmm. it can and it cannot the social media is such a powerful tool which is good and bad it's bad because people can jump on a train and it can ride it really quickly mm -hmm. but it's also like really good because there's people who are riding the train backwards and taking it back off the route do you know what I mean because, like, if, if it was something that, like, happens in, like, a day or two, there'd be riots. And people would go out and kill somebody. But then if someone's like, actually, that person didn't do this. Maybe it's, like, fake news or maybe you guys got your facts wrong. Then it would easily come back and but be like, okay, I mean. maybe we're in the wrong. Do why the people who know to, like, look at stuff like that are people who want to find out all of the mistakes we've made before. And that's why it's important to talk about these things. Yes. You know? Because there's always... They always say there's two sides to a story, and there really is. Mm -hmm. But then also, there's a lot of so, there's so much news that gets out there that is trying to say one narrative. Yes. When there could be a different narrative. Yeah, exactly. You just have to be aware of everything. Yeah. And read as much as you can, and find out as much information as possible, and then make our own judgments of things. Yeah. And form our own opinions, and that's all you can do. That's all you can ask anyone to do. Anyway, finishing up. Now, by the end of 1646, um, my, many of the witch hunts uh, were kind of slowing down and, and Hopkins' popularity was fizzling out and it seemed that people actually were starting to come suspicious of the witch hunter general himself. Hopkins was asked if methods of investigation did not make the finders themselves witches. And if with all his knowledge, did he not also have a secret? 
or had he used unlawful courses of torture? So he was fucked in every direction, right? He either has the knowledge because he's a witch, or he's been using unlawful methods to get confessions of people <laughs> being witches. So it's... And, and people were rumouring that he had the Devil's Book, which was a directory of all the witches in England, which is kind of like if you do watch The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, or you did, they have the book with every witch mm. ever, which is owned by the devil. Interesting. So I guess they took that from those huh. kind of legends, which is kind of cool. Yes. Um, so, not surprisingly, he retired shortly after these accusations. I love it because it's karma. Right, well, I mean, kind of, yeah, in a way. So, so he retired, um, and he wrote a book, actually, outlining his witch-hunting methods called The Discovery of Witches, which was published in 1647, and these practices were then recommended in law books. So back in the day, it seems like you could just write a book, and then people could use that to justify whatever they wanted to do in court, because that's kind of what happened with the Malleus Maleficarum as well. Yeah. Which is shady, shady business. Anyway, during the year following the publication of Hopkins' books, trials and executions for witchcraft started in New England, colonies in New England colonies, with the hanging of uh, an accused witch in Connecticut in May 26, 1647. So all of the shits died down in the UK, and 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 then it's just ignited because of this fucking book in America. Mm. So. Um, so after this witch is hung, it's followed by the conviction of Mayor Margaret Jones, uh, which is described in the diary of Governor John Winthrop. The evidence assembled against Margaret was actually gathered using techniques in Hopkins' books, like searching and watching. Watching involved basic intimidation techniques which accused, in which the accused would be watched for days on end to see if imps or familiars would appear and suck on the suspect's blood. It seems to be a common thread that when someone had been watched for a few days, they were very much more willing to confess. Well, that's like fucking, you know, intimidation 101. Yes. It's fucked. Yeah. Anyways, so Jones's execution was the first in witch hunt that lasted in New England for nearly 20 years, from 1648 till 1663. And roughly 80 people throughout New England were accused of practicing witchcraft during that time. Fifteen women and two men were executed, and some of Hopkins' methods were once again brought into use at the Salem Witch Trials, which occurred in Salem, Massachusetts, 1692-93. These trials resulted in 19 executions for witchcraft and 150 arrests and imprisonments. Now, John Hopkins actually died of tuberculosis around this time, mm -hmm. so... He'd had a very short career. I don't think he was that old either. He had a very short career, then killed all these people, wrote a book which led to the deaths of a bunch more people, and then died of tuberculosis. Wow. Legends will tell you that he was tried as a witch, and that was, like you know, in the kind of karmic tale, mm. but that's just not true. Mm. Um, now, there were obviously more people than just Ho uh, Matthew Hopkins running around doing witch hunting. Yes, like I said at the beginning, he's the most famous. Um, so yeah, there were just people doing this all over fucking Europe. Etches and then America. <laughs> like what the fuck? It's I just these witch hunting manuals and that are like some of the most fucked up literature that's gotta be responsible for like more deaths than most books out there. Yes. Which is just crazy, the power of a book, right? Well it's funny because 
I know you say like, oh, like back then you could use a book to like be on trial, but I'm pretty sure the Bible is still used mm-hmm. in some law cases. Maybe not like hard, hard evidence. Yeah. But like. Oh yeah, no, you're pro- you're probably right, and like. Yeah, I don't know. Or, like, there's, like, you know, there's religious aspects, so... Well, I, obviously, the Bible has been used as a reason to go out and kill people, and, mm-hmm. like, this is... A lot of... Apparently, a lot of uh, Matthew Hopkins' um, ideas on which hunting actually came from a book which we've mentioned before in one of our previous episodes, the Book of Demonology, written by King James the Six. Yeah. So, and he wrote it based on, like... And it just, like, goes on and on and on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the original things come from, like, the Bible and the mistrust of witches in that a lot. And then a lot of the other things we've talked about. So, yeah. Um, so next time, I am going to be talking about some of the scientific explanations as to why this horrendously dark part of history happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I... Uh, well, I was going to say maybe it'll be a little more cheerful, but I'm not really sure it will be. No. But we'll be looking at it from a completely different just perspective instead of just uh, listing off all the horrendous shit that happened. Because I feel like you have a very good uh, knowledge of what that happened now, and now mm-hmm. we're going to talk about why. My favourite thing is that we're doing this around Christmas time. Oh. In between <laughs> our Christmas episodes. So anyways, our Christmas episode's coming out in a couple of days. Yeah, well, you know, what we're doing is we're just, like, laying all this horrendous information out and then giving it, like, a little kind of... Well, I would say that they're, like, a uplifting, is... but they're not very uplifting, our Christmas episodes. They're mostly a lot of creepy shit, but interesting. Yeah. Less dark, more interesting. Maybe our episodes are for people who hate Christmas. Yes. And they're so sick and tired of all the cheery Christmas music and Christmas movies that they were just like a little bit of reality thrown into there. Maybe. But it's for people who are celebrating midwinter who want to know all the ghosty ghoulies that they have to scare away. Fair enough. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed. Well, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word, but. Um, yeah, I hope that this episode has been informative, put yes. it that way. Yeah. Um, and yes, we will be back soon with another few episodes. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening again. You can always email us if there's something you would like us to delve into on the show at noshamesideshow at gmail.com. You can find us on TikTok. We put out quite a few little videos and we're hoping to put out a lot more on there at Strange Stuff Sideshow. And on Instagram, you can just find all manner of cool little drawings you can find some weird videos on how to do a seance and all sorts like that and yeah we uh that's also at strange to sideshow and yeah we will be back again soon Mm -hmm. we love you Bye. bye